I've mentioned before that I come from, that although I'm an only child, I come from a large extended family. My mom is one of 11, and growing up, um, I've had a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles in my life, most of which live in town. And in fact, my grandmother, every single Sunday as I was growing up, would have lunch at her house. And of course, not everybody could make it every time, but for the most part, most of the family was there. And it was a wonderful way to grow up, to be with so much family on a regular basis. And I love my family. I have a wonderful family. In fact, we were the, the family, uh, you know, my mom's maiden name is Boudreaux, so um, all of us would typically be the family that we would bring our friends uh, with us when they would go to family events. And uh, my grandmother would like to call these friends Boudreaux wannabes because so many of them loved our family and would keep coming back. But growing up, I also was able to see the not-so-good pieces of my family. I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly. And with great reverence, I don't need to go into those details, but I bring that up because probably most of us can relate to having a good family, but also having pieces in our family that are not so glamorous. Family life can be challenging, and I work a lot with families of different um, seasons in their life, and I see so many families struggle with so many different things. Sometimes families are divided, sometimes not talking to each other for years at a time. Sometimes they're divided over politics, or sometimes they're divided over a certain decision that a family member has made. And it hurts my heart to see families fall apart in this way. Sometimes families will come to me and they're struggling with secrets, keeping secrets from one another. And this secret hiddenness is poisoning certain family members deep within. Sometimes family members hold grudges against each other. And these grudges rot within them and cause more and more anger and strife as time goes on. Some families are falling apart by divorce. Some are grieving the death of a loved one. Some have an alcoholic or a drug addict that other members in the family don't want their kids around. And so every time there's a family event, it's a challenging situation. And the list goes on and on. I don't really have to give you the list because you know it. You live it. Most of you probably had to experience it this weekend. That we love our families, we have awesome families, most of us, but yet we still struggle with certain pieces of our family that tend to be very difficult, especially around the holidays. And the holy family can be a little discouraging. We celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family today, and every year around this time, we have to look at Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and we look at this manger scene and we say, wow. Look how holy and innocent and pure. Look how wonderful and peaceful and joyful. It's almost kind of discouraging because we feel like we could never live up to that. It almost seems like it's not relatable enough. That the reality of our own life is just not as picture perfect as this. But the good news is that God does not stand high upon a mountain and 
wait for us to achieve the impossible. God is a loving Father who chose to humble himself and to enter into our mess of a world. And he did it through a family. God didn't have to do that. He could have just appeared from the sky. He could have just shown up out of thin air. But instead, God chose to enter through a human family. And this is a big deal. Because in doing so, the divine met the human in the midst of a family, which says that family life has significance. Even though family has strife, even though family has ugliness about it, that something about the family is important to God, so important that he's created the family as a place to encounter God. We see in the Old Testament centuries of family drama. We see all kinds of families being torn apart. We see lies, betrayal, murder, adultery, and the list goes on and on in the Old Testament. And these are the people of God. This is the lineage of Jesus. The ancestral heritage that God chose to be a part of is full of ugliness. And yet God chose to enter into the messiness of our human condition. I had the great privilege yesterday of watching the Christmas with the Chosen. Uh, some of you may be familiar with the Chosen series. It's a multi-season series on the life of Christ. It's, it's crowdfunded. It's, it's very well produced. It, it's Netflix quality. Um, but it's all about Jesus. And I've actually personally been enjoying it. And there was a special episode on the Christmas story uh, that was released um, recently. And, you know, for most of the episode, it's really just a concert and some interviews. But the back half of the episode is a real episode of the life of Joseph and Mary journeying to Bethlehem to deliver Jesus. And it's, it's really cool because it puts skin on it. It just kind of makes it more and more real for us. And I preached about, um, about this, you know, this weekend at the Christmas Masses about how the, the first Christmas day was filled with suffering and there was struggle and there was a lot of hardship. And that was brought to light in this episode. But one thing that I saw that I, I hadn't thought of was in addition to the fact that everybody was, was trying to find a place at the end because, you know, everybody was going to Bethlehem for the census, there was also the reality that Joseph and Mary were poor. They were poor. They didn't have as many resources as others. And they were visibly poor. Their clothes would have been not as nice as the wealthy. There's Mary pregnant and moving slowly and so there's all these disadvantages for Joseph and Mary, but because of their poverty, the innkeepers didn't have to let Joseph and Mary in because they could look at them and immediately think, well, you know what? I can upcharge someone that's wealthier and get a better dollar for the person that's going to stay in my inn. And so it was even more difficult for Joseph and Mary to find a place to stay. And and they try and try, and you see the reality of them having to trust in the Lord because there is just simply no plan for them. They just don't know what's going to happen. And they finally end up in a cave delivering the God-man around livestock, alone, cold, dark, and poor. 
It's messy. I see this episode and I'm, I, I'm brought back to the reality of Christmas that the Christmas story is messy. It, it's unplanned. It's, it's not as it should be. If God comes to earth, we should make a throne for him and have the most amazing place for his delivery. But no, he, he is brought according to his divine plan into a place that's very poor and a place that's messy and a place that's filled with suffering. God chose to enter into a messy situation, which tells us that God is not afraid of our messy situation, and God chooses, and he's ready to enter into our messy families. So I ask you to consider honestly, is your family situation a little messy? Maybe in your immediate family, or maybe in your extended family, there may be some parts that you're not proud of. There may be some difficult pieces in your family. But I'd invite you to consider that perhaps it's precisely there that God wants to meet you. It's precisely in that messiness that God is ready to speak. But as we invite Jesus into our messy situation... He may ask us to do something. He may challenge us. He may ask us to do something that's outside of our comfort zone, something that's a little bit difficult. He may invite us to action. And this is scary. This puts us in a vulnerable position. It may stretch us a little bit. But I believe it's worth it. And I know that whatever God asks, it's going to be very personal because everybody's situation is unique. Everybody's situation is just complicated enough that it's different than everyone else. So I know that God has a very specific thing that he might ask each of us individually. But here's a few things that he might ask you. Maybe God is asking you to forgive someone. We heard in the second reading today, St. Paul gives a beautiful exhortation. He says, put on one another heartfelt compassion. Forgive each other just as Christ has forgiven you. And we know that Jesus repeats his teaching over and over again. Forgiveness. It's difficult. It's hard. But it's at the heart of what it means to be Christian. Why? Because it sets us free from grudges and from barriers in our relationship with God. Perhaps God might be asking you to forgive someone in your family. Or on the flip side, maybe God is asking you to apologize. Maybe you are the one who needs to be forgiven. Maybe you are the one who has done something that's hurt someone else. And in your pride, you've tried to explain it away and justify it. But you know deep down that really someone is owed an apology. So maybe God's asking you to apologize. Maybe God's asking you to reach out. Maybe there's a certain family member that's suffering or that feels isolated and is lonely. And maybe God's asking you to serve them, to reach out to them, to extend an olive branch of peace. Or on the flip side, maybe God's asking you to set a boundary. Sometimes certain family members really do breach boundaries that shouldn't be crossed. 
And maybe God is asking you to set a prudent boundary. In charity, of course, but one that is appropriate, that's best for your family. Maybe God's asking you to be a little patient. To be patient with someone in your family members. To rely upon Him and to be merciful. Ultimately, God's asking us to rely upon Himself. That as we are stretched beyond um, our comfort zone, really God's just asking us to trust Him. To rely on Him. But I know there's a big one that I've missed. One that's really hitting a lot of people in this parish right now. Perhaps you are grieving the loss of a family member. Perhaps you've lost someone this year, or maybe even a few years ago, but still you feel the pain of their loss so deeply around the holiday season. And if you are in grief, I want you to know that you're not the only one in this parish. I want you to know that Christ shatters the darkness of our lives. And even in our grief, God can come right there and rescue you. That it's okay, grieving takes time, and you don't have to feel guilty about it. Grieving is hard. But I want you to know that we are a family, and hopefully there's people in your family that can support you through your grief. Ultimately, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph want to be our family. They don't just want to be a guide and a model way up that's far and unattainable and too far to achieve. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph want to be present in our own lives right now, in the messiness of our situation. They want to be our heavenly mother and foster father. They want to take care of us and comfort us and strengthen us and encourage us in our messy situation. Just as God chose to enter into this messy world, He still chooses to enter into the messiness of our families. Now the family is a place to encounter God. And now it's in the family that we can be sanctified. Amen.